Hello and welcome to the Truckin' Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined tonight by... Chris Madison, sitting in a rainy Cairn Lodge, which is a bit of a bugger because it's the first time I've washed this in three weeks and it got a right doing today. Uh, yeah, I'm in sunny Dagenham, where it genuinely was sunny today, apparently first time in ages, and I'm just watching the uh, sunset uh, out in the hotel room window. Um, ah, romantic. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. as romantic as a travel lodge in Dagenham on your own can get. You're up in Scotland at Cairn Lodge, so we are recording this um, mobile. Um, this is all being done via the Zoom app on my phone, so if it sounds better, we'll have much the same. Um, I think what it is. Yeah, if it sounds yeah, like yeah. Fisher Price radio, sorrows. It's fine, but yes, I mean you've been you've been busy. What you what you what you've been up to? Usual gubbins, really. Turf, minerals, potatoes in that order, and then back to turf. Uh, um, it's been a trying summer, generally. Um, I've not really been in the mood for playing uh, playing on here because it's just rained. And when it rains, we're up to our knackers in it, usually. Being towed in and towed out of places to get loaded. and Just might as well be October. Anyway, it was a lovely day, all the way up to about Todd Hills, and then it just started to look like this. So I had a couple of hours of sun this afternoon, so I've had some vitamin D, so I might not get rickets now or something. <laughs> yeah, it's bad like oh, yeah, got a lot of sun today. I was out at um the fuel terminal at Dagenham, um, which I have forgotten the name of. You've not been gluing yourself to tarmac, have you in an orange vest? Well, that was one of my questions. I said, have you been uh, visited by any of these climate protesters? And they said no, because they are they come within the metropolitan police jurisdiction. And apparently, yeah. they um, for a while, they were sitting there with a car at the end of the road when this was kind of peaking. But apparently, they're like a lot more, um, they're a lot more likely to go and deal with them and react. So the protesters have kind of moved to... Uh, term like these terminals and more further out in more regional areas because yeah. there's a it, there's a lot less tolerance for all that stuff in London. So yeah, there was nobody, there was no evidence of that. But it's a busy, busy place. It was interesting as well. The oldest, like the big uh, canisters that the storage tanks that they've got in sight, like the oldest ones are nearly a hundred years old. That's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. well, well, the th- well, the thing is, when they were built back then, you can guarantee they've probably been over-engineered. You'd probably think it isn't bad, did it? More, more faith in the 1929 edition than you would do the no. 2023 one. The um, old rivets, the big rivets. Yeah, but they, they just repainted some of them that had been painted originally in the 60s, yeah. uh, and they're just repainting them now. And I bet you the paint that they put on them this time won't last as long because they won't have any lead or whatever else in it that made the paint. No, no, they have died because of this paint this time. So, uh, but it was, uh, the, the, the feature was focusing on HVO Diesel, uh, the company that... <sighs> Um, uh, deliver, delivers um, and processes that, but they had all sorts in there. They've got like uh, waste oils, add blue, ethanol for all your hand sanitizer and screen wash, and obviously adding to the fuel as well. So it was a busy terminal, but the, the guys were really sound. It was obviously, you know, it was hard hat and safety glasses and things, but it wasn't like a crazy health and safety overload. We were able to walk about with the guy and get. Mm. I'll photos of this nice um, brand spanking new Scania 500R tanker. And yeah. tri- and it was 
not a cloud in the sky or anything like that. So that was very pleasant. And then I went for a walk myself this afternoon just around uh, the, the Dagenham area, around some of the streets. I just wanted to see what cars were on people's driveways, to be honest. Few less victims uh, and just, yeah, got a bit of sunshine uh, myself. A beautiful, clear day here. You got this yeah. sort of stuff's nonsense, you know. You do, like you can see, you can see right across. I can see like the some of the, like they're not skyscrapers, but the tower blocks in London. I can, you can see right across the say there was no smog or anything like that. It was a beautiful yeah. day. I can't believe for a second there's an issue with um, air quality. When I was walking down the streets along here, there was no stink of fumes off any vehicles or anything like that. It was, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's bollocks. Yeah, As we're aware, you know, we know that we can sort of stick a Euro 5 exhaust pipe in your mouth and breathe deeply, and uh, it's probably cleaner than air that went in. So all this cobbler's about Euro 6 and Euro 7. It's just shite. Yeah, I don't know what their agenda is, do we? But there is one. So anyway, you heard it here first. There is an agenda. We're going to get poked. Yeah, well, you know, can still pu- pushing all this. It seems to be... Uh, it's, it's a hot topic on my Vauxhall page. I went. I got a letter through about the ULS zone saying that my 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 Omega, my Vauxhall Omega, didn't comply with mm. the ULS zone, and I was like, "Well, that's weird that they would have sent me that letter because the Omega hasn't been to London for well over a year." Um, so I went and posted the letter online, and it went viral on Facebook and reached like half a million people, which I thought Never. was. Very um, odd, but obviously a lot of people are really pissed off about that. I think there's going to be a massive payment of the fines for all of this. There's um, a team of guys pulling cameras down all over London, isn't there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah and taking it very seriously. You know, Robin Hood, yeah. spec, they're going and wrecking cameras every night. So. Yeah, but, but I, I think there's going to be mass non-compliance with things. There's a lot of older... I mean, huge swathes of London aren't exactly affluent. People are struggling yeah. with the cost of living just to get by. You know, and there's a lot of people that can't afford to go and change their, you know, their 55-plate diesel focus or whatever because he says that you've got to. It's not... They can't get into new electric cars or anything like that. And even... A lot of people in home Firth can't afford new cars either. I can't go into Bradford in mine. I can't go into Sheffield. Well, you can't charge them if you're at a tower block or anything. But I found that the photographer I was with today, um, Nigel uh, Spreadbury, He's got, well, he, he's recently changed his car. He's got a Skoda Superb um, diesel. And he said, taking it easy, coming in, it was nearly hitting 80 miles to the gallon. So you, you think about the phenomenal efficiency of that. And he also said he lives in a, a cul-de-sac with 24 houses in it. Two households have got electric cars. And now the, the electricity companies come in and said, Nobody else has allowed an electric car in this street because the grid supplying it cannot cope. Yeah. So if you want one, you can't charge it at home. <laughs> you know me, I hate to stereotype, but I've just listened to that. And you know, um, Nigel with a Skoda who lives in a cul-de-sac. Sounds like yeah, a fun guy. guy. Yeah, sounds like a right laugh. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be yeah, car keys yeah. in the fruit bowl on a Saturday night on the cul-de-sac, but the two electric car couples won't be included. They'll be ostracised by the wife swappers. Um, you know, it'd be easy identifying that. You know, if there's a Tesla key in there, you know, it depends if you know your car keys or that. Hey, what yeah. you're like, if they're in, 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 like that, I suppose not that I've ever encountered that situation. How does mm. it work? 
how does that work with all the car keys going in the pot then? Because, you know, key, key, you can, the keys that you maybe necessarily want to avoid, or do you just have to do it as like a blind sort of... Well, it's like a memory test, isn't it? It's like, it, you've got to remember whose keys are whose, you know, you don't want to, you know, pull out these uh, Morris, uh, <clears throat> Morris minor keys for, you know, Malcolm and uh, Hilda at the end that have lived there since 1962. Here, she've drawn short straw there. It's going to be support tights and girdles all over the place. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> With all that. Yeah, I wonder how much of that goes on in uh, suburbia, probably Lots. quite a bit of it. Curly, 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 curly. It's all fondue sets in it and um, hostess trolleys. They all like to have a hostess trolley. And all these Grahams and Peters and stuff like to go out and wash the cars on the drives on a Sunday morning and go, morning, morning, old chap, morning. Golf club for 12. What was super suburbia? Lovely. There's no wife swapping in our village because if uh, if there were, possibly a swap to for something useful like a tractor. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I might get a four-wheel drive 1594, which is very attractive for her age. But... Uh, not so much use when shackled to a five for a reversible, however. Hmm. There we are. Um, oh, look, that's nice. There's an old 105 coming, lit up like a Christmas tree. That's a bonny thing. Where are dafts come out because they're in Karen Lodge? I, there's not too many of the old shape dafts knocking about anymore, the classic shape 105. Mm. Oh, she's classic. That's a 105. It's on private plates, so, though. I think it's Welsh. We're looking at that trailer, it's at, least ten, it's at least 10 years old now. It's got deeply sexy orange Michelin men on visor, and it looks well, that to be honest. It's a four wheeler and all, which is a bit of a shocker, but mm. it's just off for some fuel down there in, in, in Drizzle. I'm parked, mm-hmm. I'm parked amongst tonight. I normally go park down, but at Canopy, she lets me park against the uh, conifers down there usually. but I thought I'd play the game tonight and packed in a space. I feel like a good boy. So I've opened my back doors. Ooh, uh, missus. Um, <clears throat> obviously, now the uh, itinerant trailer slashes may or may not still cut curtains to have a look, but I've opened back doors mm-hmm. and they can see thrilling turf in there. If anybody wants to make off with a couple of pallets of turf, then, um, well, there you are. At least it's. It's a one-hitter tomorrow anyway. We're not uh, jogging around all the uh, mass building sites of your neck at woods. It's just uh, straight into... Where am I going? Help me out here. Broxburn. I'm going straight into Broxburn for seven. Lob it off and uh, and then canter off back down again and see what other joys we've got. But I've only got 15 hours left on my 90 and I'm, uh, I'm going to a gig on Friday night. Shed seven. For some reason, in their infinite wisdom, have decided to play home Firth. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so we'll, get, uh, right. we'll get some random things appearing in Home Firth. Just out of the blue, you'll just get oh, Joe and I'm a trading is playing Thursday night in Home Firth. Why? Mm. Um, we get all sorts, absolutely all sorts. You know, levelers come periodically and play to a thousand people ish. Um, it's just a good venue, so I think it must just be. I think we've had Morris here. Whoever owns it must be in the know. We were, we were actually talking last night prior to doing this podcast because I was driving down to Dagenham. I never got, I never got in the hotel till about two o'clock in the morning. The bloody... Uh, Embrace. Sorry but, about that. I just had a senior moment. I'm back now. Embrace is who we saw in Home Yeah. 
still continue. My guy's got a bit of a funny, funny voice. Kind of almost like sings sort of out of tune, but he's not. It's curious. You know, it's kind of that Bob Dylan style of singing. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Remember that way. M6 last night, junction 16 to 17, shut. Cool. So just the usual nonsense with the smart motorways. Um, oh. So obviously you can't come off there. You can't come off at 17. You have to come off at 18 and you can't go back on at 16. So you have to go back on at 15 and try and avoid it. And that put a load of time on. And the amount of roadworks and reduced speed limits on the smart motorway, that's the yeah. first time I've put them down. I can't remember the last time I went down the M1 from Birmingham to London. I don't normally do that. I usually do the M40. Um, the M1's bloody... It's pretty much all smart motorway all the way. With, speed yeah. with these reduced limits to like loads and loads of times. It's pretty hateful. The, the amount of cameras that once you get down to around the Midlands, it's just... My road, mm-hmm. road angel camera detector for the dash in it, it was just going off constantly, all the way down yeah. the M1, round the M25, onto the North Circular, and then here, there's just cameras everywhere. It's hateful. The M40 is one of the... The M40 is the best motorway in England, excluding the top part of the M6 past Preston, because it's just Aye. three lanes of regular motorway with a hard shoulder with no bloody variable speed limits or anything on it, and you can just... Yeah. Chill I think out it's three it. lanes of shut tonight. Um, I was listening to Joe Wiley before I landed here, and it um, it sounded like there were people stuck in a right mess on there tonight for a couple of hours. There's a record level of cameras and monitoring on the road, but there's, it seems to me that there's more accidents than ever. It's not improving the standard of, of driving with anybody. There's people who just uh, imbeciles out in the road, like everywhere. I wouldn't, mind getting, I wouldn't mind getting away for a break. I went to Portugal for a couple of days in April, which was nice. And I get, I'd like to, go, like to go and do something else somewhere to try and get a bit a, a bit of sun. kind of want to go and do a road trip into Europe. I keep pondering that, but I'll see. I might go and do something in sort of maybe October time, but it will still be like nice. Although I was thinking about touring down into the south of France, but then all that stuff going on in France really put me off wanting to go and do that. Uh, rather just transit through it, I guess. So you're off on holiday again soon, aren't you? I'm going on Saturday morning after this Shed 7 gig on Friday night, but we're only going on a vast high mileage odyssey to North Wales, which takes at least ooh, two hours. So, yeah. Where we're going to have a sock. Where are you staying there? Are you in like a, like a, a Butlins or something? Oh, can you imagine me in Butlins? Come on, yeah. I'd be locked. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd be escorted into a van and taken away. No, we have a cottage, you know, um, as you go through Abersock to a spot called Sealand, we're just a couple of miles up the road from Abersock. We're just in there, so yes. And I'm uh, I'm going to take my boy fishing for the first time this time because he's old enough now. So I've, I've been uh, I've been buying dangerous finger stabbing lures and stuff to go bass fishing off rocks down by Bear Grylls that island. So I'm supposed to be teaching Joe how to fish, but I haven't fished since I was Joe's age. So this could be uh, the blind leading the blind in a trip to casualty. <laughs> to have a... I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. I've never ever done um, fishing before, so I couldn't... Um... My dad never fished, ever. And I, I used to be fishing mad when I was a kid, from about eight onwards. 
absolutely do lolly for fishing and then I just stopped. I think I discovered women or or something else perhaps. I don't know. Anyway, we used to cycle for miles and, you know, fishing rods strapped on crossbar and a little box on your back and then we'd just bugger off and go fishing for day. It was great. We should do loads of that. And then, I don't know, teenage time, you just think, oh, fishing, it's for weirdos. So I didn't do it and then, then real life kicks in, so I haven't been. And um, he just said, can we go fishing? Because we went fishing with a friend of ours there about two or three years ago when we were little. Uh, Andy Fletcher, he's a big-time fish pesterer of the highest order. He, uh, he's fully equipped. So we pestered various sorts of fish from his boat, and from the beach. So anyway, Joe wants to go, so I'm suited because this is this is what parenting's about. And if they don't remember anything... Uh, other than this sort of stuff, so it'd be great. So, you know, girls aren't excluded, they can come as well. It's not, so, no, sod off, stop here with your mother and make some buns or hem dresses or something. No, we'll all go fishing, we can just have a team fish. There's a really nice beach, Abbasock Main Beach, and then at far end from there, there's a like a little cove where it goes around towards old lifeboat station in Abbasock where Bear Grylls resides on his private island. And mm-hmm. on that corner there, the dolphins come right in. There's a sort of little bar there called Mickey's, and it's brilliant on there on the night. Um, there were a few lads there fishing mackerel, uh, yeah, mackerel feathers at last year on an evening. It was brilliant. You know, we go down for a barbecue on beach. I thought, next year, so I'm, I'm tooled up. I've got mackerel feathers. I'm, I'm ready to rock. So we'll see how many hooks I can get stuck in my ass <laughs> in a fortnight. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm sure it'll be fun. Is it? So you away for two weeks? Did you say? Yeah. Oh, good. That's a good. That's a good solid break. That. Yeah, I haven't had any time off apart from. Have I had any time off? Um, no, I don't think I have. Not since Christmas. I had a day off at Yorkshire. Sure. Um, well, well over. I haven't been, no, I haven't been off since we started back in January. So I don't think I did. I do Easter. Um. No, no, just a long weekend at Easter. That's it. So, sod it. I need, I need some time off. So, yeah. um, we're right at back at planting job now. It sort of finishes all this mad lettuce cutting, um, simmers down from sort of August bank holiday. So, it'll be. Yeah. How's it? How's the truck running? Uh, anyway, how are you getting on with, with that? Anything? Any new development? Um, I ran up from Telford from said lettuce farm this morning and um, she had a weird vibration um, a really weird vibration like a forwards and backwards vibration like the draw in dashboard were sort of shimmying forward backwards and rattling its nuts off and it felt like I was going over corrugated oh, oh I must have a bled on tyre or something here so anyway I rang phone Ash and Ash were a about so I went back to the yard to wash a fortnight's filth off so three hours to kill um, and Ash came and had a look and we took my guard tops off jacked it up put it in gear ran tyres nothing wrong with back tyres obviously mid lift were out of it anyway so we went to check front tyres nothing to report prop shaft good as gold no play in either end I just don't know what to make of that Dodgy road surface. That dodgy road surface. No, no, it went, you know, M8, M1, M18, and M62. It was just dodgy. 
Um, I don't mm. know. I don't know what to say. And he didn't know what to say either, to be right. We, you know, we looked at it and tried everything it could be. He mm. were underneath, sliding about on his board and a check gearbox mountains. That it was just like we we're driving over corrugated concrete, but not there were no movement in the steering wheel at all. Nothing. Mm. But it was coming through floor. Um and you could feel it, you know, it was sort of wobbling me uh, man boobs. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the, 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 doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. It's not Strange. done it since. Yeah, and, yeah. It couldn't have been something like, you know, like uh, like a rock or something stuck between the tyres. Now that would go. Da, 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 I don't know. I couldn't hear it. You know, there was no sound. That's what, you know, I sort of did that da, 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 thing. So obviously, sort of waggling a man boob on uh, on a podcast and show you what I meant. But, um, no, we looked at everything and then I took Ash for a sort of tear down M1 down to 39 and back round and back up to Barnsley. Not a sausage, so low. Not a bloody sausage. So, I don't know. It's one of them. It's a let it develop job, as we like to say in Yorkshire, which usually ends in an expensive mess. But um, no, there was, you know, tyres are perfect, not out of shape, no rocks, no bolts, no anything. Um mm. The mystery of the thing, just to keep you on edge. Yeah, could have been trailer. You know, there could have been yeah, something amiss with trailer because when it were empty, it did it. When it were loaded, it didn't. So, mm. it's a tiger. I mean, they are awful trailers. It's a higher trailer. It's bloody awful things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't entertain one of those awful bloody contraption. Buckles are terrible. It's bolted as well. It seems to be bolted together. Everything's fastened, you know, upright. So anyway, um, if that's got a slightly oval tire on it, that could have been bouncing it back and coming through pin. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but I've put one of uh, Senior Holt's old plant trailers on today and whipped around with that this afternoon at Montrecon's finest, and there were no. There were no sort of mental vibrations this afternoon, so I've been and loaded it, and here we are, turf mania. Don't know, weird. Back in your holidays, we've got um, what we're going to try and do. We'll scan you. I've got a five sixty. Yeah. S demonstrator and Keltruck have got a 560S demonstrator and what they're going to try and set us up is so you've got one of them and I've got one yeah. and they can go and do some um, work on it and then they can get a whole load they, they, they can get a load of social media coverage off the back yeah. of that so I'll have to go and work out who I'm going to go and drive that lorry for see yeah. if I can get somebody um, uh, up here and get some good Good uh, miles wrapped up on it. I've got a few trucks lined lined up, but um, I just uh, I haven't been out since I had that bath in June. But yeah, um, yeah, I could. I don't know. It's funny. Funny. Mm. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why my da- I don't know why my dash cam does that periodically through night, but it does. Mm. Just I don't know what that means. No well. idea. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm quite uh, looking forward to that. I think what else I've got? I've got to go and I've been invited to go uh, and drive uh, more electric trucks. I've got the Mercedes E Actros to go and drive in October. So, you know, I went and drove one for a bit the other week and all that, and they work absolutely fine. But, you know, mm. we're not going back to what it was earlier. The concept's going to work, but the infrastructure and everything is going yeah. to be that. And tell you what I did watch this week, though, on YouTube was uh, a thing. 
It's this hot rodder guy in America, and they've got this like retro mod, like 1950s pickup with a, an LS V8 in it, which mm. they have converted to run on hydrogen. Yeah. Um, so this is like a fully operation, like you know, like a big American petrol V8, oh, and yeah. it runs on hydrogen. All you get out the exhaust is like a bit of water when it's cold. Then when it heats up, all that's coming out of it is literally air. Yeah. And you want to see the way that this thing goes. It's on a channel called Stapleton 42. That's where I found it. And that hydrogen, if you because diesels yeah. like hydrogen as well, if they can come, if yeah. they can find out a way to make hydrogen in large enough quantities, surely that's going to be the way forward with, with things. I was so yeah. impressed with that, the way that it just worked and it was identical uh, to a combustion engine. Yeah, absolutely. Hydrogen will be the future, won't it? Fuel cells, definitely. It won't yeah, be electric for these big uh, for these big lumps. It's nonsense to think it will be. I mean, range on those mm -hmm. Volvos is ridiculous. We couldn't get down to Hub in uh, mm -hmm. Litchfield and back on one charge. It's been discussed, mm -hmm. and um, you know, our night trunkers couldn't do Litchfield and back. So that'd be useful, wouldn't it? Yeah, range. I mean, there's another thing I was watching, these Canadian guys who were using the Deltic concept, which is a diesel electric. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, so you basically, you've got like a full-size lorry, but it's using a diesel engine, but it's not powering the wheels. It's sending like mm. charge for like, these electrical motors. So you can have like, like a full-size truck, but instead of having a 13-litre engine in it, it's got like a 6-litre engine in it. And yeah. that, seemed to work, that seemed to work really well as well and it was like super efficient because they'd like put that into like an old auto car trucker truck um for like the for like the 60s and all, all that kind of concept work as well so there's loads of interest in Do you remember uh, deltic diesels on railway when we were kids or well yeah, yeah deltic yeah god they sounded amazing those jesus yeah. for a deltic working in marshalling yards at osset Everybody would go down and watch it on a weekend, you know, moving, uh, you know, wagons about and stuff in marshalling mm. yards. Big Deltic, marvellous, marvellous bit of kit. Oh, yeah. I'm not a train spotter yeah. just before you start. Well, my, my horn, I've got Hornby railway stuff um, in the loft at my parents. In fact, my dad's stuff is in there from the 50s. And I know that yeah. they had like, like original Hornby stuff. He's got like the golden, it's not the, the Flying Scotsman, it's the other one, it's the Golden Fleet. Or something, yeah. And he yeah. had a good amount of that stuff in the loft. There, it's probably worth a lot of money, though. I've got the midnight freight from the 80s, um, yeah. A lot of things actually, I should dig that out, uh, at some point and go and have a look. Would I, you know, I yeah. only ever got bought a train set once. I got, um, about 1980, 81, maybe. I don't know, I mean, dad. Well, Santa, Santa apparently, let's not say that. Santa brought me a Intercity 125 ah. and an oval. And it, um, you're a bit limited for excitement with an oval, but well, I'll give problem, it two or three years of watching it go around. They're really, they're really like adults. Um, they're really for adults because you need a huge amount of money to make a really realistic set because yeah you could set it out in the carpet on your bedroom floor or maybe on a table for a bit but that was about it you couldn't like go and build like villages and buildings and afford but enough track to put sidings in and uh, all the different buildings and all that you needed like yeah. wad of money because it like wasn't um yeah, you need a big loft as well 
Yeah, you need a whole loft conversion for all that all that kind of stuff. Eh? When you're a kid, yeah, you've got your inner city one, two, five, so you've got an oval. Yeah. And that's it. So it's a bit, it becomes a little bit um, limiting. See also Sabutio. When <sighs> I went to space, a Sabutio pitch would take up as well. That wasn't an easy touch me, that, really. If I wanted a big diorama upstairs in a massive railway set, I'd have to sell Holly into white slavery or something to get, you know, to get my attic back. I don't <laughs> think a mother would be up for that. So train set might have to wait till I retire, then I can turn into one of those. You were talking yeah. last night about going and bidding on some sort of vehicle, or what was it? It was a, not a tractor, it was something else. Did you get any further? five van. Yeah, did you get any further with that? Yeah, because we can't about- get Hills Auctioneers in Shrewsbury to ring me back and take me on as a telephone bidder. And I can't go because I'm going on holiday on Saturday, otherwise I'd go. So. So what is um, this? So basically, this is a farm, uh, an agricultural auction. Yeah, it's a farm dispersal sale, and they've got a mint 205 van, diesel van, which when I were a lad, you know, I send the 80s, um, if you're the 205 van at Young Farmers, you were the boy, you were the daddy. They were an awesome bit of kit. They went like a bloody rocket. Um Big mag mount dropped on back, you know, and boom, we were off CB on and um, listening to Bross or whatever we were doing in our yeah. Joe Bananas jeans with patches and all over them and um, all that business. Anyway, hi, the 205 diesel van's been on my shopping list for years and most of them are knackered and even those now aren't coming up for sale so much, but this one is on stone and it looks like they've not used it since about 1994. It's brilliant, mm. so I want to buy it, but um, unless somebody's going to sell, I might be struggling because this bloody auctioneer seems to be operating in 1950. Mm. Uh, yeah, you, know, you, you would have like all the online bidding sort of stuff and you could just go and enter your, bid yeah. your bids and all that, but that's not happening for you. You can't, I can't get anybody to ring me back and I've rung three or four auctioneers' mobile numbers now and left messages as well. I'm, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I just give up. Well, no, I don't give up. This is a thing I want. I ought to give up, but I won't. Will I? Anyway, I can't. Um, I can't give you any details because if I touch this phone, this Zoom thing will go off, yeah, and then you'll yeah. just be cross. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's all right. I have a. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to second for yes. it. What else have they got? They got any other good stuff? They've got some lovely stuff. It's all really, really well looked after. It's a woman apparently who's been on this farm since fifties. And she's decided not to be anymore. She's retiring or something similar. And everything's immaculate. It's brilliant. They've a case. Well, I don't... I say case because yeah. technically it's a case. But it's a David Brown 1394 four-wheel drive tractor, commemorative edition. Like, I used to have 1594 commemorative. And this tractor is stunning. And it's original. It's not been restored as far as I'm aware. It's been on farm for possibly 30 odd year it's a belter I'd buy that as well but that'll probably fetch top money the interesting thing about this sale is there's no VAT it's not a VAT registered job she's plainly not VAT registered so um, from a collector's point of view all these lads are oh it's a bit steep with VAT on well it's it's no VAT on, on this sale so, yeah it's one of those great it'll be a tweedy dude that's doing auction it'll be great he'll have a tweed on hello chaps no uh, He's going to start me then five pounds anywhere to start, five anywhere, then four pounds to start, and it'll be one of those jobs. Marvelous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. an entire like 
lot one usual quantity of scrap. So you can go and bid in a load of scrap metal. And then lot you know, two. I'll tell you something about this. You go to a farm sale, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're amazed by how little decent kit fetches at farm sales. Mm-hmm. And it gets to rusty nails in a bucket that have been in fences and pulled out and put in a bucket, or, you know, crap like that. And they will go mental for it. They mm-hmm. will pay sometimes 20, 25 quid for a bucket of nails. It's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Scrap yeah, goes well. I don't know what for. There's a lot to 199, extensive range of vintage tools, equipment, and workshop gardening tools and sundries. So this is like one lot, and yeah. it must have with items on it. Yeah. Two, this is extent lot lots two. No, sorry, lot. All right, I see lot two to 199, right? So this is like yeah, nearly yeah. two. I was going to say, that's not one lot, is it? Because that is a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, they've got... Um, it takes some rattling through on there. Oh, yeah. When I was selling in Meltham, when I was auctioneering in Meltham, we would sometimes have maybe 400 lots. What's that called for the auctioneers? Just do that sort of thing. What's going on with that? Is that, is that, is that like... Uh, called something. Um, they call it whatever you want. Um, they don't do so much of that over here. It's, have you heard Americans doing it? It's ridiculous what Americans do. It's just bollocks. The Americans, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. Uh, it's, it's just bollocks. You know, if you've ever watched Letter Kenny, which mm-hmm. you really need to watch if you've never watched Letter Kenny, it's funny as it's about Hicks in Canada. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Let- Letter Kenny, it's a Canadian comedy on a really small network, but I found it because Mr. Paul Dunn told me about it and I went and found it. It's brilliant. There's this weird town called Letter Kenny and there's like the Hicks, i.e. the farmers, and there's these goths called the Skids and then there's the hockey players and it's just all comings and goings. There's one bloke, his auctioneer, and he just talks in auctioneer bollocks all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Auctioneering <laughs> bollocks. Some of them, um, you know, uh, just show off, I think. But anyway, I just don't show off. I just get on with it and get stuff sold and get to the pub. So there we go. I'm just going off on one here, but there's a guy, and I'm, I'm not on my kids' lives, I'm not making this up. There's a guy in what I'd like to think of slippers, but won't be, they'll be just trainers. But he's in a dressing gown, bare legs, dressing gown, and he's just walking parallel to carriageway there where trees are, walking from wherever he's come from up there. Jenky's going to be doing like a bit of, with a dressing gown, doing some flashing, just like. Well, he's not up. carrying a towel or a wash bag or out of that nature. He's just got his hands in his pockets in his dressing gown, and he's wandering down to Farcourt shop down there. So I don't know what's going on here. But, um, Is it coming out a lot, do you think? Well, there's only two top side of me, and one of them's a Lynch heavy haulage job, and it won't him because he's got a massive beard. And his escort van guy is sat in his van there. There's a car transporter here with a guy in Nelson's. So I wouldn't know where Mr. Dressing Gowns come from. Uh, it might be the ghost of Mill Coward. I don't know. But anyway, he's just wandered off down. If he comes back, I'll light him up with, uh, with spots and see if I can get a photograph of man in dressing gown. I don't know why you'd be wandering around Cairn Lodge on a rainy night in a dressing gown. Unless you're a ghost. Mm. 
have to ask more argent morning when I go in there for a coffee. So, so a bloke in mm-hmm. a dressing gown last night, we like Phantom 309. Like, oh, you could have heard a, you could have heard a pin drop. Mm. <sighs> have yourself a hot cup on old Big Joe and all that business today. A man died. A man died in Care Lodge in 1988. He was strangled with his own dressing gown cord in an ERF. Mm. Apologies mm-hmm. if it were your granddad, obviously, for some. Uh, yeah, no. sorry, everyone. Yeah. Are we to um, are we to veer back towards transport related stuff, or shall we just carry on talking bollocks? I like bollocks. I'm comfortable with it. If you've got any, if you've got anything else to uh, any um, other business, wrap it all wrap it well, up a lot. Two people know. have asked me to talk about this, and yeah. lots of other people have kind of about it. What's going on with their favourite truck stops? Basically, um, a lot of them I don't stay at, so I can I can ask that question with impartiality, but. Um, there seems to be a lot of disquiet and a lot of disappointment with the state of truck stops and how they're being run now. You see, well, you don't do Facebook, do you? Dodge it. Um, there was a guy last night, I don't know him, and then he said, can I have jack potato, please, and chilli cup carne? Yeah, no problem. And he posted a picture of what they gave him for £8, and it was literally a very insipid-looking little spud that looks like you know, a wee, like a wee base jobby. Aye. Mm-hmm. And a spoonful of jollop on top of it. And it didn't fill a quarter of his plate. And in the end, he just took it back and asked for a refund. And he went and he walked to, I think, Asda. Apologies if it were Tesco's Tesco, but you know, um, and got a microwave meal and went and had it in his cab rather than uh, suffer the indignity of eating that frazzled mess. Now, mm-hmm. pissing off your customer base is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, truck drivers don't want like anything, anything particularly fancy in terms of food choices, but they want it to be like you know hearty and filling. Good, and, yeah, good solid snap for good solid money, you know. Um, yeah, that's it, you know, because you, you need to be, uh, you know, filled up, get yourself on the uh, on the way for the day, or if you've been on yeah. a grill, the proper meal. Yeah, it's not on, and it's not no, it's I, really. really I won't go into Junction Twenty Nine anymore. It's been my favourite truck stop in world east. Go in there when I was a butter lad and it was privately owned and there was a guy in there called Pete, proper Derbyshire, ex-miner, in his 60s, a fantastic bloke, and he used to be yard man and he'd park you up on the night. Now that, now me duck, now me duck, just put it over there. Ah. And there were a woman in kitchen that looked like sort of queen, really. She was sort of like the queen, but the Derbyshire version, and she was called Vera. And she used to make the best steak pie the world has ever known. Short crust pastry, half a cow in it, just excellent, like Sunday dinner every night in there. Brilliant spot. There's Beryl, a woman, a really stern woman of uh, advancing years of white curly hair called Beryl Toy. <laughs> Beryl Toy, I'll never forget that. Yeah, ironically named Beryl Toy. And she were like landlady upstairs at the bar. And on a Friday night, when I worked for Brocklehurst's back in there, we'd all sort of struggle on a bit to get up to 29 on Friday night on his way back to the yard. And the beers from Brocklehurst, and there'd be a herd of blokes in there from Newcastle. And I remember these lads as long as I lived, they were brilliant. And this were a team called Team Hawk. I don't know if they got swallowed up by Port of Tyne Logistics or what, but Team Hawk 
were bangers, absolute bangers. It was like Orvita's Ampec comes to Chesterfield. They were brilliant. We had some fantastic Friday nights in there back in the day before Bursey, you know, it was and they used to put a stripper on on a Friday night for the chaps before all this politically correct crap that we've got now. And and these lasses that used to come there, they were obviously booked from an agency or whatever, and they'd come and they'd bring their own ghetto blaster and bob it on the table about quarter to ten on a Friday night and then they'd put some music on them. Basically, 90% of them took the clothes off as though they were going to bed. It was uh, it was funny. <laughs> I, used to, I used to sit at bars. If you sat at bar, they left you alone. You didn't get, like, shaving cream squirted down your trousers or whatever. So we'd... All lads that didn't want to get involved that sit at bar out away and all, all sort of nutters from Team Ark that, you know, didn't mind being covered in shaving foam and spanked and stuff that sit at front. And Beryl didn't approve of this because, you know, Beryl's <laughs> of that generation. But she put up with it because these lads, these lads need to let their hair down on a Friday night, but bloody hell, ooh, you know, one of those jobs. Fantastic truck stop with Chesterfield. Fantastic. And now, overpriced food, ridiculous green dungarees, Bar shut. You can have a drink downstairs with your meal, but bar shut. It's just cobblers, absolute cobblers. They've ruined Ulspey. That's awful. I mean, through lockdown, Ulspey kept me and Lucy sane. So you know, they were running cobble for it, and you know, the feeders they were being two or three times a day into dock swap back in there. Toilets were always immaculate. Guy in there worked his balls off through lockdown, sterilising and mopping up and that. It was fantastic brilliant but you know they sold out and they bought it and now it's crap it's an eight quid breakfast that you wouldn't pay three quid for um oh frustrating man yeah I don't know. I mean, yeah so what what is happening with your favorite truck stops out there folks have have you noticed things have kind of changed post pandemic in terms of ownership service levels and all that alternatively what, what's a good what's a good truck stop these days you know what, what, who's um who's doing well in that respect because it's not been a great year for them I mean, we lost Lockerbie up here i mean i know yeah. the other one you know they're all they're all i mean like les mehego's over over capacity yeah. Um, every night there's not enough there's not enough space it hasn't been replaced I don't know the government don't seem to be um, making much progress by getting any new truck stops open no. areas or anything like that it's just the no, same it's terrible you know up here it's terrible if you're not parked up up and down 74 by sort of 7 you're buggered really because feckin' small and it's full um, yeah, the laybys are all you know limited yeah. on the old road Surprisingly quiet in here when I swung in at about half seven, twenty to eight. There were ten spaces left. I've been in before at seven o'clock at night, and you've literally got to go down and park at pump pumps down there. But no, plenty of room tonight to be right. But you see, this is a good, you know, it's a good job. I think it's fourteen quid to park on here, and showers are immaculate and red hot, and you can get wet. Well, that's you know, very is the old Moss truck stop still open just up the road for there, or is that gone now? No, it's you can still park there, but it's, there's nothing there. There's a lot of trucks do park there on a night, but there's nothing there. Um, Phil's still going at Evergill. Uh-huh. That's always been brilliant at Evergill. I used to stop there regularly. When I was at Bingham's, sort of 99, 2000, we'd go there on an afternoon coming back down from Gorbals, and we'd have, you know, Chaps who have tea at four, you know, large well, so, um, and we'd have breakfast on way up sometimes and tea at afternoon. And Phil and um, 
two staff that were on at the time, Carol, big Carol, big sort of scary Carol who twist your neck around. And then there was mm-hmm. like a little jolly woman from a village called Nancy. They were great. You know, they'd feed us, look after us and put up with our cheeky Yorkshire ways. It was just great. And Phil apparently still owns it. And I, I thought at the time then, Phil must have been in his 50s, but he had some really young kids. Because if you pull into Evergill and you walk down towards the building, you look up to your right, there's like a wooden round gazebo type thing that's on hill there. And I remember him building that for his kids. He had a fire pit in the middle, so they could sit in it on summer nights and have a bit of a a marshmallow session. His kids were tiny. They were sort of six or seven-year-old. They'll all be uh, doctors and away, you know, working now. But it's, it's weird because I've not, I've not been in since those days. If I walked in now, I'd recognise Phil and I'd go, now then, how are you? And he'd go, all right, mate, because he's, he's from Felix, though, he's Phil, I think, if I remember. Right. Right. I don't know how he wound up running at Evergill, but he did. Um it's one that I've never been into, but it's mainly because of the proximity of, you know, where yeah. I've always, like, I've done a lot of work at Les Mahago and yeah. there, so I would never have, like, any sort of reason to stop it, stop at that one. But yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, that's a truck stop that's on the hill, just at um, Junction 14. 14, where, where Volvo service garage used to be on hilltop there. Yeah, before yeah. you drop down mm. into Crawford. I mean, I never stopped at Crawford Arms. I always used to go to Phil's. It was great. You know, had one shower in a like, really tight little room, but you got sort of cafe, and then you went through into bar, and bar were like being in his house, like in his front room. It was brilliant. You know, mm. young farmers had come from bigger on a Friday night. Oh. Farmers <laughs> on having some swally. And it was just great, you know, really good spots. When I was doing Scotland for Bingham's, I used to get further up through weeks. So first night, I'd get back. Possibly, and then second night I'd get to like Leamin Bar, and then I'd be in Penrith, and then Friday night I'd usually be in Phil's, and it was dead right, really good spot, and it's still there, and I think it's it's doing pretty well. Um, it's a slopey car park; you've got to move your pillow, you know. If, that, mm-hmm. if that's too much trouble for you, then I suggest you don't bother. But um, grand spot, and it was all good food, proper stuff, not your microwave nasties or knocked together, you know. Mm-hmm. mince and tatties and neeps and all that sort of carry on or you could have um, you know burgers fish and chips all that great spot I assume it's the same because he still owns it so I can't see why it had changed but mm-hmm. I want to go in but I don't want to go in and just look at me blankly because uh, <laughs> it doesn't recognise me but the, but then I haven't changed since I was 25 have I? I just I was obese bald man when I was 25 and I still am so probably good <laughs> hey Chris how are you? Dressing gown blokes walking past me again, and he's he's staring at me like I'm doing something weird. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I can assure you, I'm just sitting here with a can of cider. I'm not doing anything weird. I'm not not wearing a basket out. But you think of what way he's staring at me? No chap, are we? Nice yeah, dressing gown. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously you know it, people talk on phones and hands free and things these days. So it wouldn't look like it would do years ago, whereby you were in a deep conversation with yourself. Aye. Yeah, so interesting trucking driver podcast listenership. How was your experiences with truck mm. stop? Good, bad, somewhere in between. Please do uh, let us know how you're getting on with parking these mm. days. That would be lovely. Yes, uh, deeply, deeply lovely. Yes. Um, oh, uh, yes. 
a positive yeah. truck stop broadcast, which I'm going to regret because I won't be able to get on next time I want it. But they've opened the new services on A1, just south of Newark, two junctions down from where you come off from main Newark truck stop. And it's signed for Claypole, Claypole on A1. And you can see a big apple green diesel price board poking up over trees like you can when they build a McDonald's in a field. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, I'd caused to do four nights in there doing deepest, darkest Suffolk potato mm. carryings on. And I went in there and it's brand new March time, I think. Last uh, Yeah, last March it was built. Um, you've got tarmac parking for probably 30 odd trucks at a push. You've a Starbucks building, you've a main building with Budgeons, Greg's, Pretamon. I, I think I've parked in there. I think I was yeah. in there. I think I was in there but um one of those scanners or one of the Volvo. How old do you reckon it yeah. is? March it opened. Um I might I think I Hi. Mega I Mega showers, mega toilets. Um, rings a bell because I was like, yeah. this is weird. Like, Diesel this pumps but wagons are completely away from cars and they are um, pin. So you'd have to trail about with your card or anything. Um, nobody uses it for diesel at night, so it's a really quiet night's kip. And it's apple green, which cheers me up no end because obviously they're my cheapest diesel most weeks. Um, it was 24 quid to rent your square of parking fortnight. However, for 26 quid, you get a meal voucher and it's a lovely lass. We got mm-hmm. to writing out the meal voucher aspect of all this. It's 12 quid. So you pay 26, you get 12 quid back for your meal. Um, granted, your choice is a bit limited if, if you don't like Burger King or Greg's or whatever, but I'm on a frantic diet again, so I'm living on chicken breasts and the rest of it. So I went into Greg's and I just thought, well, Kate and the kids are doing a lot of beach day trips and stuff in week to East Coast. So I went and got a load of orange juice, you know, fresh orange and the rest of it, and filled for it. took it home on Friday. But, you know, these days, to park on services of that stature, because it's really good, it's really secure. There are more cameras on there on lampposts than you've ever seen. So there's no trouble. Nobody comes on at night. It's well lit. It's flat. It's clean. It's 26 quid and you... Twelve pounds. That's how you can run a truck stop service. Yeah, there's really no excuse for these big boys in the motorway services yeah. where people are getting cut and slashed or anything like yeah. that. You can do that there. Yeah. That's, so we're that's it new the A1 clay pole, so you can access it for both sides. Yeah, yeah. You just straight up and over from southbound and um, straight in, straight out, turn right, roundabout, back on. It's really easy to get in and out. It's fantastic. There's no there's no messing. Um, I think northbound it's signed for Coddington and Claypool and Newark it's on the top of the hill before you sort of drop down to main A17 Newark will wear Brownhill's leisure camper vans places mm-hmm. that, that you know you come off 46 for Nottingham and down to Cal Market truck stop it's just there mm-hmm. uh, I mean I shouldn't have said out because I won't be able to park there ever again because it'll be full but anyway um people need to know that, you know, these places are there because topside of Colstoworth, you're a bit buggered, aren't you, to be honest? Yeah, you yeah. do start to get a bit of a gap there before you get... And that the... brings me on to a segue about Colstoworth. Colstoworth's fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. The old boy that owns Colstoworth is a gentleman. He's a brilliant bloke. He's old father and he's, you know, he's various businesses over years doing various things. And he comes down and he'll sit with you when you've had your tea and he'll have a beer with you in his shuffle and his big jumper. And he'll, now then, where have you been today? And, he, you know, he's genuinely interested in comings and goings and the rest of it. And, um, you know, all staff at Colstoworth are brilliant. It's really busy. But mm-hmm. if there's a lot of bikers in or there's a lot of tourists in, they'll ask them to step out so that drivers can get fed. You know, they say, sorry, sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to just drop back because these lads, drivers, have only got a limited time. You know, if you're in for 45, they will feed you and get you on your way. They won't have you waiting for ages. You know, it's mm-hmm. a truck stop run for truck drivers. The only thing about the entire place of Colstoworth that's wrong with it is the showers really insipid, you know, there's like room temperature. And if you're a big lad, you've mm. got to you've got to work to get wet. But if they turn mm. water pressure up a bit and turn temperature up a bit, it's again, it's probably equal with stockyard in my mind. It's a fantastic spot. Diesel shop, it's well stocked. They've got all the usual gubbins, you know, chrome and auto smart and all mm. that stuff. Food, shampoo, not that I've ever had any need for that as you'll understand yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but you know, it's a great spot Colstoworth's brilliant and you know they're up and round all night I mean I was there Friday night I'd done four in Newark and I did Friday night and then I thought bloody hell we're alright out with champagne haulage in a truck stop on a Friday night yeah. we were grand in fed <laughs> sat down with a pint of cider watching football I thought oh, there's worse places to land to be honest mm. and that's not expensive I think I pay 19 quid Mm-hmm. parking in a shower because meal voucher there doesn't work for me it's, it works if your boss is paying obviously because I think you pay mm-hmm. you know 23 or something and you get a four pound meal voucher whatever but um, it don't really sort of matter to me because it's, it's the same price whether I do or I don't but mm-hmm. um, it's one of those places that is going to get better because they've pulled down the old stadium dining you know that metal diner they had in there Right, yeah, yeah. No, that's gone. That's all gone. They've, they've just dug footings out this week for new building. New buildings going up, purpose built, mm. cafe, kitchens, all that business. It's going to be, it's going to be quite snazzy. And mm. there's four lads work nights in there, sort of zooming about on golf buggies, parking everybody up, and then, you know, they're about all night doing the thing. When you leave at morning at stupid o'clock, you go in their cabin. There's tea, coffee milk, all that stuff there for you if you want it. And, you know, it's grand. So, you know, we've slagged off half a dozen truck stops tonight. We've praised a few more. But, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right or don't do it. Exactly. Well, I think we'll wrap this one up at this point. Um, It's been uh, great to catch up with you again. I am glad things are going well. Um, I hope you are somehow successful in your quest to get a hold of that Peugeot van. Kate won. Although I think you're going to somehow have to get somebody physically to yeah. the option to bloody Convince bid on Kate it. and the kids that were going a new way to Abbasox, it'll be busy on A55 past uh, Colwyn Bay. We're going to have to go down to Shrewsbury and come up that way over uh, Betsy Coed. Are we? Yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, look, a farm sale. Shall we just call in here? Hmm. Dad, yeah. 
Why have we got an eye for Williams trailer with us for holidays? Um, oh, mm, uh, well, uh, what it is. Yeah. I don't think anybody in my family understands the joy of a Peugeot 205 van. John Tawley from Cummins, now, he really does understand my need for um, a Peugeot 205 van. You know that nutcase? He's been pestering me the last couple of days, sending me pictures of diggers. He's got an unnatural urge for a digger. I don't know where this comes from with Johnny. Just I can yeah, I can see where that would come from. I was yeah. at that that a JCB two CX, one of the little ones. Oh, and I was like, that is so cool. I would just like have just like the best time like spending the entire day digging trenches and moving stuff about in that for the Oh, you and Tolly need to uh, and need to yeah, have a meet up, I think. It'll be just I'll be sitting in the corner banging me head on the table. You two get giddy about JCBs. Yeah, that'd be maybe I could go in for a bit of part ownership on a on on a on an exit a JCB or some sort of that because that's what he's been trying to get me to do this week. So we should buy this. I'm like I'm thinking, where's he going to put it exactly? Because he's if, 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 yeah, obviously it would have to be somebody who's got somewhere to put it and has some sort of. He could put it up hours at farm and pack it at the back of Margaret's or something. But then, I don't know if Jacqueline, his uh, his dear wife, would uh, use it to bury his remains somewhere at woods when she found out. I don't know. Um, a night, like one of those white cabs, the early the early three CXs. With a yeah. white cab on them, yeah, one one of those, yeah, that'd be lovely. I don't even even a two wheel drive one, but all yeah. I'd want on, I want the clamshell front bucket because and the, the, the door here, I'm they, I didn't realise they don't look right if, unless they have, unless they've got the front bucket that opens. Uh, in my mind, I don't know. I've got a feeling, and when this comes out Monday, whenever it comes out, that I'll be uh, I'll be giving John Tolly your phone number, and you two are going to have to get a room because. Uh, you sound just like him. He gets all excited and breathless like this. Oh, I mean, I thought I'd ruined his life already getting him into tractors when I did that, but I, I sort of gotten away with that. I haven't been punished for that. But yeah, uh, well, tractors, yeah, tractors are one thing, but like a tractor's just a tractor. A JCB's a tractor with digging implements attached to the front and back. You know, have you seen? Have you seen David Brown back actor that he could get in sixties? It's brilliant. He could launch oh, yeah, it on back of your brow. Yeah, you're like sitting like a bicycle seat exposed to the elements yeah. in the back, yeah. Yeah, you could go off and uh, dig yourself senseless with that if you want. But anyway, there's quite a few of those about still, surprisingly, but um, I've never really been into digging, to be honest. I don't know. I quite like watching these lads on, on internet that, you know, can strike a match with a JCB arm and... Um, yeah, there's um, an American channel called Lex Dig 18, and he's got like some big Volvo excavators and things. And yeah, that's like it's just like he's moving. It's like an extension of his own arm. <coughs> the way he moves, this way, like moves, moves that. That's, yeah, it's weird, weirdly, it's weirdly therapeutic sometimes. And you're trying to get to sleep at night, sitting watching somebody operate an excavator, yeah. digging like a pond or Therapeutically weird. Don't know. <laughs> If you're, um, people. if you're lying there in your paisley pyjamas watching men digging to try and get you off to sleep mm. and I think we need to have a talk with your mother mm. <laughs> anyway I can see you and Tolly having your own podcast like um, Sheldon Cooper's fun with flags on the on Big Bang Theory there probably, there probably is a, a, a digger oh. and operator podcast or something what do they call it? I don't know. oh Christ I, there'll be all sorts yeah definitely 
There'll be people um, getting moist over balers and all sorts of beer. There's something for everybody out there, you know. <clears throat> JCB Japery podcast or something. Oh. Right. I'm going to drink this cider before I choke again. And um, <clears throat> yeah. I just want to say one thing before we go, which is this. If anybody on here has um, mm-hmm. gone down the devil's path and put a white steering wheel in their R or S-series Scania and have their uh, leather steering wheel, multifunction steering wheel, that they'd like to sell me, then get in touch because I'd like to buy it from you because my steering wheel is rapidly turning to black powdery mush. And oh, I, I really, the leather on the steering wheel's fading. Yeah, it's it, bollocks. Yeah. It's, it's falling to bits. It's the right state. I must have weird hands or something. I don't know. But I need a steering wheel, and I want an original Scania one with all the uh, all controls on it. I don't want to be sticking a white one in here and moving all buttons to the dashboard and the rest of it. I just want an original leather, square-bottomed SRR steering wheel. So if anybody has one, sitting mouldering in an office or something, just have gone old school let me have it and I'll give you lots of money for it thanks yeah quite a few guys have um, replaced their um, steering wheels with um... yeah yeah okay yeah. No, yeah, right, right see if you can find Chris leather flat bottom next gen steering because otherwise wheel. I won't have to steal it off this one that your mate's lending me from Scania and I think he'll spot that yeah, well, off I go. Yeah, well, you can you, you can well you could just have to go into the, one of the truck stops and get one of those beautiful like bright blue steering wheel covers that people buy. Although they're delicious, look, those aren't they? Oh god, oh, they're delightful. Those things, I no, yeah. really, really tasteful. It wouldn't work really though, but I could get one for a flat bottom feel. It's not going to sit on right, is it? No, mm. no. I don't understand why you'd want to make your steering wheel as thick as that anyway. Because like if you got a one hundred six. Those bloody steering wheels, those brown, wanky leather ones, are that thick anyway. They give you thumb ache. So there put- was, yeah, there was there, there was one particular kind of leather steering wheel cover that I would buy to put in oh. a couple of trucks because, like the Foden steering wheels, where the, the the leather had just been completely ripped off them. Yeah, there was this one particular kind of leather steering wheel cover that was perfect for them, and it it didn't you know it wasn't like massively thick or like have like fake plastic wood on it or anything. Anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I, I bought like a few of them. I put one in a Renault Premium, one in a Stralis, and one in. I had a couple of them in my Foden at Taylor and Morrison actually, but that was the only good one, uh, the acceptable one. I remember there were some absolute, there's some absolutely honking ones out there. Well, if you put one of those on a Renault or a Stralis, you've instantly doubled its value. I hope you sold it and made a profit. Yeah, but well, exactly. I'm sure the guys in Zimbabwe were delighted when they got hold of those trucks. Yeah. Right, that's enough of that nonsense. Aye. I need to go right out there. the <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, okay. I'll uh, I'll catch you later. Cheers. Catch you later. Cheers. If I'm extremely bored in Wales, I might ring you next week. We can do one when I'm sitting in the garden. Okay, we'll see how we get on. Aye, cool. All, All right. right. All right, chap. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.